Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. Welcome to Marley Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay. She's Jody Walker, and we're getting right into it. The news of the week. We got a new show, Jody. Who knew? I mean, we knew this was coming, but <laughs> with all the content that we have, the fact that we're still getting a new show with new people. Thank you, Bravo. Or a new show with old people. <laughs> Well, just 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 most of those people we I've never seen before in my life. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's being led by old people. So I will say thank you for that. But I will not say thank you for the promo, the teaser that you gave us. Listen, the show is called so the I don't Valley. think we've Okay, I was gonna say, sorry, I don't think we've said because <laughs> yes. we were just giggling offline about this trailer and this concept, this VPR spinoff, yes. The Valley. It's called The Valley. You've heard about it. We were supposed to get this, I think, a couple of years ago, but things just kind of that's when that old cast, that new cast that came in left as quickly as they came in. I don't even remember their names. Um, Jack's left, like Stasi, the the drama, all it, like there was just it just kind of blew up. So the valley is actually here. It's being led by Jax, who we all know and love, and Brittany, his wife, and a whole new crew of people. Oh, and Kristen Doty, excuse me, and a whole new um slew of people. Now, I think that it's a great concept because I I live in the valley, not too far away from these folks. And so many people are moving to the Valley. So I just think it it seems like a different generation, a younger crowd. Um, they're starting to build up the Valley. I mean, it's already being built up, but like more and more is coming to the Valley. So I think it's cool to show this. And the reason we fell in love with Vanderpump Rules is because you could relate to their struggles. Now, 
them living in like a Beverly Hills or even a West Hollywood is not as relatable as it is to the Valley. Valley is down to earth. We have actual parking lots and not just valets. We have chain food stores. We have Walmarts and Targets. Like it feels like the suburbs. It felt like when I moved here, I was like, oh, this feels more like Texas. We have street park. Like there's just so much more that we have that's more like real life than LA, like the West Hollywood of it all. So this to me That's so is interesting, Rachel. That makes yes. me so much more interested in it because, you know, some of my favorite reality shows are about these like very specific subsects of people. You know, anyone who studies the reality TV arts is always going <laughs> to go back to the, Jer- to the Jersey Shore and oh. how that changed reality TV and kind of like studying, you know, a neighborhood or a place or something that you don't understand. And really, that is also how The Real Housewives started in the OC, is is studying this thing. But now we're so familiar with these rich people that that doesn't really feel unique anymore. I think that this uh, promo did not get me excited at all because it's just so... Like you said... Well, okay, it is kind of... Actually, I don't know. I'm rethinking everything now. It is kind of funny how they did it. It is almost like the old promos for um, Desperate Housewives. Oh, very much It's very, much so. like, white picket fences. But Jax is driving... I really thought that they were going to pull back and reveal that he was, like, driving on, like, one of those motorized coolers, like or, like, one of those suitcases <laughs> you can yeah. ride through the airport. But he's on, like, a tiny Humvee, and he's driving through, and he's waving to all of the couples that are going to be on this show, most of whom we don't know, one of whom is Kristen Doty and her husband. And she's he's married? wearing this... She's at least in a very long-term Okay, I was like, whoa. Yeah, when th- when she revealed the man, I was like, whose man is this? They have a podcast together that I listen to quite a bit for the Scandaval series, so I'm very familiar with Luke. Um, okay. I, but I actually am not sure if, if they're married, but... Th- I- I could be speaking out of turn here, but they seem to have a nice relationship. And I'm actually most excited to see Kristen in this new era of her life. I'm very scared to see Jax and Brittany because I just don't buy that he's changed at all. Or like, I don't know. And he, in the, it's just in this promo, like he seems like a serial killer. Like he's like, he's wearing <laughs> leather gloves and he looks deranged. Like he looks so wild. You didn't think so? Like his, his face is so tight. His eyes are so big. And then he scuttles up to Britney and that woman, like she just cannot act where she's like, Jax, you get out there and mow that lawn, but she can't <laughs> stop smiling. Like she just, why did they give her, they gave her the one line of the promo And then as we were discussing offline, the other line of the promo that really stuck with me, the narrator says, and it's something like, let's give adulting a try. Yes. Rachel, these people are in their 40s. I'm wildly upset at that, at the the, the tagline, the subtitle, whatever it is. Listen, the jig is up. They have have children. They have homes, mortgages. They are not giving adulting. If you're still giving adulting a shot, maybe, well, I I was going to say, maybe you shouldn't be on reality TV, but no, you should be. Well, I just, I'm like, what do you mean give it a shot? Like, you got to just do it at some point. Like, I... I'd love to just give adulting a shot and then say, you know what? I'm going to opt out. 
I want to be a baby. Like, I'd love to, but I can't. <laughs> I just don't want to watch that. I'm more yeah, intrigued surely by, that's not what's happening. Like, we know there's going to be drama. I'm excited to see the new people and who they are and how they're all connected because it's my understanding that these are actually Jackson Britney's friends that live in the Valley. So this is a real friend group. So I'm excited for that and the inner workings of this group and how they live in the Valley compared to L.A., and, and, you know, like what they're up to. I'm interested in that. I'm not interested in them being the Tom Toms. Like, I don't want to fucking see that. If we have another Tom Tom group, I don't, we, enough, enough. I don't, don't want to <laughs> see them starting businesses. I, I know that they make money from reality TV and they make that money to fight. And that's like, well, I want to see them, you know, live, laugh, loving. You are going to say business. business? Because, well, Jax has that bar, like the sports bar. Oh my gosh. Jax. How many bars does this city need? But his is in the valley. Oh, it's okay. So it's a Chili's. <laughs> so he has franchised a Chili's. That's not, you know what? That sounds interesting. It's a sports bar, which those are hard to find. And I actually think it's a really good idea. And it's on a busy street with a bunch of different restaurants where like they're starting to build up. Because a lot of people live in the Valley. As producer Devin pointed out, most of the Beverly Hills housewives live in the Valley. It's a real, they might shop everywhere else and go to restaurants everywhere else. But the Valley is happening. You know, it's not, Y'all, it's not there ew, is the a Valley warmth. from Clueless. It's not, there is, there is a warmth in Rachel's face as she is, she is absolutely glowing in a way that is making me think we are going to see Rachel on the Valley and it's not going to be on purpose. She's just going to be hanging out in Jax's sports bar. Oh my God. Well, that might, that actually might happen. <laughs> right? That might happen. You will not see me. Let me be clear. But my friend Jasmine <laughs> is on the show. They didn't put her in the promo. But my friend huh. Jasmine is on the show. Um, so yes, I... I did not remember the leather gloves that you pointed out. And I don't know if the point was because, you know, we see the leather gloves, you see him. He looks out of place. And so does Brittany. So maybe that's the concept of, but it's like the valley. How do you look out of place in the valley? <laughs> Go watch it and imagine it with like a spooky themed music behind it. He's riding this little car. He looks like the um the guy who wears the mask in the Saw movies. Like he's riding this little bicycle through town. That's exactly what he looks like. About to murder. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. And that and that with the background, the picturesque background of like as you brilliantly compared it to Desperate Housewives is exactly what they were going for with Styria Lane. Um, and I guess maybe it works because like you've, conv- I've been convinced here, whereas like I watched it and I was kind of like, originally I liked the concept. I'm interested in seeing Jackson and Kristen again. And then this promo really took me out, but you've really brought me right back in. I think I brought myself back in. Well, you brought you me did. in. You brought me in <laughs> with different reasons. The, <laughs> the gloves. The, Sometimes the you just need a little perspective. You just need somebody else's perspective. <laughs> this is this is great. You guys, you're welcome. We hope we brought all of you back to the Valley. Everyone's listening is like, this is horseshit. I'm not watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, we're all gonna, we, we will probably be covering it here. I feel like we'll be moving into that era of the Summer House and the Valley and Vanderpump Rules as we're losing, Be- we're gonna lose Beverly. Hills will probably lose Miami here soon, you know. So we'll be we'll be covering it. JV and I'll be Summer. able to say, "Oh, I live over there. Oh, I shop." <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, let's move on to Salt Lake City. This is the second part of the reunion, which 
if you've been following the housewives regime, like I, what's the word I'm looking for? If you know the playbook, you'd usually know the second, if there are three parts to a reunion, the second one is usually a little more tame, a little bit more of not a filler, but a connector because they're waiting to get you to part three. And I kind of felt that with this episode. There weren't really, I mean, Monica is insufferable. It really is hard to listen to her. She keeps going. She keeps nagging her voice. I never thought her voice was annoying this season. It's the reunion. Isn't that weird? It's the reunion that's bringing it out. It's a lot of her screaming and yelling and cursing and interrupting people. And it's just... It's just difficult to watch. I'm like, get to the good stuff. Get to part three. I actually, I found episode two pretty, it was almost like I needed the reprieve. Like, it opens in media res just screaming. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just Angie and Monica absolutely screaming at each other. In harmony. And so that, in in perfect harmony. And everyone's hair is so dark and shiny. It's like they're all wearing the exact same wig. Like, Angie, Lisa, and Monica are all just constantly squealing at each other and, like, the exact same hair. Except, I have to say, <laughs> I'm enjoying Angie's performance. But, and this was, a, I think, a good episode for Angie. Um, but it opens with them screaming, and it was almost, like, as a reminder of, like, this is where we came from. This is where we're going. Right now, you get a brief break where Mary is going to talk about her son's sex life in a way that you will never emotionally recover from. You know, you brought up Mary. Let's just let's just jump to Mary. I was disappointed. I was disappointed in her presence. You know, she gives us so much, like so little time, but so much <laughs> in that time. And I just felt like it fell flat. I, you know, there's so much that has happened that. I really forgot about Mary because we only got her in the first half of the season. So then to bring her into the reunion, I was like, oh yeah, Mary, I forgot about Mary. And I don't know, did she, like, did it hit for you? I'm not interested in knowing who she likes. We know she hates everybody. You know, we know that she's irrational in her thinking. We know that she's like, doesn't even understand the own life that she's living. She knows nothing about her son. She knows it's it's just odd. And that's all that she brought us in those few. I don't know. I was like, oh, it's Mary Cosby. Oh, it's Mary Cosby. What happened? Yeah. Well, as you know, that's my constant battle with Mary. I have good Mary days and bad Mary days. And this was a bad <laughs> Mary day. Yeah. I because I think, but but it almost it it sort of felt like a death knell. Like it it did sort of feel like the final. There's nothing to do here. I mean, but then, you know, <laughs> then you have a good Mary Day and something comes back and she says something like so outrageously weird that you're like, well, I can't stop seeing that on TV. Bring her back. But I think that what I've come to is that like I have no respect for Mary. And you really do have to kind of like rem- like retain respect for these women in some way as people in order to like you know, modulate through their behavior and look at what they do and find it interesting. And, like, I still find Mary to be an absolute alien and the things that come out of her mouth are unbelievable. And when when Andy was like, I mean, you just say anything to people's face. It's kind of horrifying. And she says, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That was pretty funny. But, like, but I just, you know... 
I really went back and forth with Whitney during this Mary segment too, because she, I, when she, I want her to stick to her guns about calling Mary a predator. It's like, yeah, she was taking money from people. There's no doubt about it. People came out and said it. There are facts. Like, yeah. hold to it. There's no reason for you to want Mary to like you. Well, it was almost as if they only thought there was one definition of predator. Like, you can only be one right. type she of predator. Like, oh, not sexual. Yeah. Not sexual. And I was like, like no, nobody's saying sexual. I don't think anyone sexual. thought you meant that. <laughs> like, Mary has preyed on people. Right. And it was her own congregation. She's a predator. <laughs> like, she is on a multiple accounts. So and she's like, and my husband isn't either. You're like, oh, that who know like that husband who ran off to Las Vegas for who know it's he he, he, he married his step granddaughter. <laughs> that is right. We he is like nowhere to be found. And it does seem like he's running away from someone. It does seem like he is in hiding. I actually am only just now thinking about like how wild it is that he has been gone this entire time and we have heard like not hide nor hair of him. Where where is Robert Sr.? We used to see We know him. where Robert Jr. is. <laughs> Alleged like that's just that dynamic. Now you talk about spinoffs. I actually would be interested just to see what is happening inside that house, the son, the alleged wife. Robert Sr., the congregation. I want to know more about the workings of the life. I want to know about all this real estate they have across the country. I want to know. Rachel, you are a strong person. You are, you got depths. We don't even, you, you can't handle it. <laughs> we could not begin to handle the darkness that is in that house. From the little bits we've heard, I don't want in. And I want more of Monica and her mom's relationship. I don't want yeah. inside that house. Let's I don't want get inside to that, Mary's Because house. that is dark. <laughs> and I was going to ask you that. Knowing what we now know, the more that comes out about the dark dynamic between Monica and her mom and everything we pretty much suspected of her mom is the truth. And there's still so much we don't know. Knowing all of that as it comes out, you still would want to see a show of Monica. And what is her mom's name? I feel like we should know her mom's Linda. name. Linda. But her Twitter name is some, is like L Millionaire. Or Why like, do you know her Twitter the, name? Why because she's you? all over Twitter. <laughs> you saw them quoting her. Like, that's where she's doing her dirty work. Like, every episode... And I'm not really seeing it a lot, but, like, every episode, she is tweeting. She is coming at Monica. And, I mean, you gotta... You gotta love the, like, I guess, boomer. Like, you, you just gotta love that it's on Twitter. Like, that it's not happening on Instagram. I had no where idea. Where everything else is always happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Rachel, it's crazy. Well, I know like, what I'll be doing this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that and and that is a dark place as well. I want you to I want you to be careful. Have some have some comforting things around you, and maybe a crystal or two. <laughs> okay. Do you want to see more of them? And 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 there's a lot of talk about will Monica come back. So two questions: Do you want to see more of Linda? And do you think Monica should come back for season five? And I'm going to say this before we even see part three. I would. I messed up, man. Yeah, I want to see it. But, like, I want to see it in a different show. Like, I want to... I want them to sit down with Dr. Drew or something. Like, I want to see more of it. I'm interested in it because 
it did jump off the screen. Like this, it was immediately evident how messed up this dynamic was. And what's becoming more evident is the ways that it's affected Monica. And I think like those things only become more evident as we see her interact with other people and like the way that this relationship with her mother and it has really seemed to trickle down through like three generations of women. Yeah, I'm interested in that. I can't, it's like, oh yeah, you're gonna give me three messed up, like you're gonna give me family trauma. Yeah, I want to see it. But it's not for this, like it's not for housewives. It's so disparate. It's so separate from what is happening here. And it almost gives you like too much sympathy for Monica, I think in a way, but then she's also like doing... She's, you're right. Like, I I think you said, she's just annoying in this reunion that, yeah, I want to see them doing like their own Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf somewhere else. It sounds like a documentary. It sounds like I would take a documentary on these women and this family. And like you said, how it's, they're repeating the cycle in every generation. It's inevitable. And I hate to say this, but probably one, not all, but one of Monica's children will be this way. It's just, it's, they've seen too much, right? She's, they've seen too much, but, um, and I'm, I'm in the middle of binging Shameless and I'm, and Shameless has, it passes down. Have you watched that show? Uh, Not all of it. I couldn't get into it at first, but now I'm very into it. And Uh as you watch it, it's like passed down from generation, generation, this repeated cycle. And you can even spot the kid that's in the current generation of Gallagher's of who will repeat the next cycle. It's just, it's it's really interesting. Well, and Shameless is a great example of something that can be like both mostly hilarious and also deeply devastating. And like, I, I think that Monica and her mom have that potential. I'm just thinking about her mom calling that guacamole a dessert. And oh my God. <laughs> that scene of them Linda. at dinner. I mean, Linda. Linda. This is what I will say. If they had a show, of course I'm going to watch it. But it would be hard for me to take it to really get into it because, again, we know too much. We know they're performative. And not in the way that a typical housewife is, right? They're all... This this show is their stage. We know that. The problem is they practice. Yeah. They play out scenes. They play out scenarios. They create it in a way that we should not be privy to. Like, do we know Kyle Richards does that? Absolutely. But we have learned to accept she's better at it, right? She's a she's mm-hmm. a pro- she's a producer. She's an actor. She's, she's an a actor. producer. She's a multi-hyphenate. She's a director. We ex- <laughs> we accept it. She's much better at it. But these two, it would just be now if they want to do a fictional show based off them, great. 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 I want to be incredibly clear that I am actually not calling for a show for Monica and her mother. She she is secretly in my subconscious. (laughs) I I am. However, because, but not because I'm not interested in it, but because we can't reward the behavior. (laughs) You know? We can't. We can't. Monica's acting like, as Angie astutely pointed out, she's acting like an absolute child on this reunion and you can't reward the behavior. Yeah, she's two seconds away from getting on the ground and banging her fists and feet. Like an actual fit. Um, Something else that's very interesting to me. So it's Monica versus everybody except Mary Cosby. And Monica and Angie get into it. And we learn that Monica 
at that Easter, which was a complete disaster. That oh my Easter, gosh. That Easter dinner or lunch, which we thought was beautiful. You know, that's when we kind of start to really turn the corner on Angie, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, Monica, we know she gets upset with her mother. She leaves. What we did not know is that she fell down the stairs. She was right. There was no railing. That is the weirdest house ever. It's very dangerous. It's, so it's not child-friendly <laughs> and apparently not adult-friendly. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sharp surface everywhere in that Yeah, house. it's so true. You look at that. That is scary to walk down. No railing. You literally have to hold on to the side of the walls to walk or scoot. So she falls. She gets hurt. And we also learn that she continues to film after that because what we saw in as we watched the season was that she was just like get an i'm get an uber either she got an uber told her mom to get an uber we didn't see the falling all right so she's then goes on to say she should have sued angie or she could have sued angie or whatever for getting injured at her house this is the part this is the thing that gets me allegedly Actually not. Meredith encouraged and admits that she encouraged Monica to sue. Now, she might not have said, you know, you, it's, it's all about semantics with Meredith. She might not have said the words, hey, you should sue Angie. But she did say, you could get her house. <laughs> uh, insinuating, if you Which sue her. Which is a crazy thing to say. You could get her house. And she pretty much says she said it and people just skirt past it. That's what I couldn't get over. I I wanted to be like, guys, guys, can we go back? That is very telling to Meredith's personality. Who would say that? So full of shit. Like it is this or this reunion performance has been like unbelievable. It's like, yes, she, she's like, well, what I said that like she might have a case like the, for liability and like that the might be a it's like okay you can't just, lawyer words are real words too also you're not a practicing attorney right now like you can't she's not your client this is not like under some protective order you said these things you said them about this other person that you work with they're real and then like I wasn't here last week but in the first episode when she was like they're like quote, she's written down her little notes so she doesn't get misquoted. Andy is also literally quoting her when he's like, you know, you said the things about the rumors and the nastiness. And she was like, but I never threatened her family. And he's like, well, you said the thing about the husband. She's like, I'm going to read it. And what she's saying is that she never said what the rumor was. So she she could have been saying anything about the family. And it's like, Miss Ma'am, you are so... Her tricks are so obvious. And in some ways, I am like the other women because it actually doesn't bother me that much. I'm just like, yeah, okay. It, it's kind of funny. Every time she slurs a word, I get something out of it for weeks. So like, that's <laughs> worth it to me. But she is absolutely full of shit. Yeah, these are words that do not apply or Meredith is unfamiliar with. <laughs> Insinuate, imply, <laughs> and hinted. Those are all things that you are doing when you say the things that you say. You are implying something. You are insinuating something. You are hinting at it. Meredith, just because you don't say the exact words. These words exist in our language for a reason. 
Meredith you are doing like them. everything that she says is on background. She's like, it's like she's unaware that she's on a TV show being fully quoted. It's like, these are real quotes. I could put these in an article and be legally totally fine. And she couldn't tell me. It's like, but she thinks that everything she's saying is just kind of like, oh, you can't catch me. You can't catch me. Exactly. Exactly. I, it's, it's, it's like she lives, she very much lives in her own world. It's, but the real reason I think that no one like, came down on it or or noted much about Meredith's involvement is because it escalated so quickly into Angie screaming, who have I sued? Who have Monica, I sued? Monica, Monica. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is Monica screaming, who have I sued at Angie? And Heather very quietly is like, well, you're suing me. <laughs> and then she's like, no, I just responded. And they're like, no, it's a countersuit. You idiot. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, you are maybe only suing Heather because her company is suing you, but it is a suit. So you just like, she's not, she's just, I think that the the reunions are such a bad look for her because there was like a brief moment in time where we were like, maybe she's a mastermind. And these reunions are like, oh no, she super is not. Like she can't keep her lies straight. She can't keep her words straight. When she looks at Heather and is like, Heather, what is your problem with me? I'd like to know, what is your problem with me? It's like, um, you stole thousands of dollars worth of filler from her. She has like, of everyone, she has, the most right to have a problem with you. You know what's weird? It's so, she's still, she so badly wants to be friends with Heather despite everything that happened. And I think we kind of see a preview of that in part three. But there's this weird thing. I mean, the way she's able to compartmentalize or the delusion that she has of, yes, I did these things, but, you know, I grew up with racism or I grew up, you know, like she has a, she's able to manipulate the conversation. I'm not saying these things aren't a reality and they didn't happen to her, but like, but feel sorry for me guys. Yes, I did this, but feel sorry for me. You don't know what it's like for me to have this mother or to deal with racism or the fact that, you know, I slept with my husband 10 years ago and how hard that was and getting kicked out of the church. And then, you know, it's like, and then you feel sorry for her because even Heather was like, no, we had a really co good conversation about that. And she's like, she was really upset about it. And then somebody else was like, yeah, she read the Bible every day. And it's like, wait, are we feeling sorry for Monica? Are we, this was in the first episode. I mean, first part one of the reunion. And it's like, wait, this is how we're watching a master at work. We're watching her break down these women with her sob story where maybe for a second you forget about reality Von T's or the lies and the way she manipulated conversations to make you hate each other while she was at the top, you know, like being the puppeteer. I, 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 for a second. I think she was successfully doing that during the show. I think she is not successfully doing that <laughs> during the finales or during the reunions. Um, and, you know, let's be clear. There's only one thing that's going to move the needle for these women. And it's if Monica remains a fan favorite. And they're like, we have to be able to buddy back up with her. And I would say that's really up in the air right now. Because I think during is the finale... It? What do you think? Well, that's what I, you are more in tune to what's happening on, I'm on social Twitter. media. You know, I didn't even know Linda had a Twitter. So what are, are, I would just assume everybody hates Monica, but you're telling me that it's 50-50? In what world are people and why 
supporting Monica. Oh, Rachel. After the finale, people were losing it for Monica. You're probably right to describe it as 50-50. Like, there were certainly people who were like, get her off the show. She's a fan. This is bad precedent. Um, But there were another 50% of people that are like, Monica was just part of making one of the best episodes of Housewives ever, you know, 13 years into Housewives. And, or 18, how decades into Housewives. And yeah, and that's where I really feel that the finale is like unearning her. And I think also she was definitely a fan favorite during the season. And so that was like building. And I think we were starting to see some of the other Housewives follow her back on Instagram. And like, it wasn't exactly the showing that we'd seen at BravoCon of them completely rejecting her. And then in the finale, it kind of seemed like that was going to continue because it was, she did in the finale with this unveiling, this like taking the mask off, it kind of made her seem like this ultimate villain. But she's, she's not that slick. She's not that slick and neither is Linda. And I would like to say thank you, producer Devin, for pulling up her Twitter. Because as I'm looking at this, first off, I have no idea who that woman is in that picture. That's first off. Two, I noted that she joined in October 2022. I would like to think that Monica would have already been auditioning at that point. Because, yes, this is 2024, but this was filmed in 2023. She probably was far along the process or was already chosen as the next housewife. And so it's interesting that Linda joined Twitter X that recently. Her bio says that she's here to inspire you. Now, I don't know if you guys saw anything inspiring this season. And then she goes on to say, J'adore. J'adore. J'adore the refining things in life. J'adore kind, compassionate people, beautiful places and inspirational things. Who speaks in that way? Who writes in that way? And then Rachel. the pinned, the pinned quote, the pinned tweet, the tweet. <laughs> Read it, Jody. <laughs> the first sentence of her pinned tweet, which includes a screenshot of messages between her and her daughter, says, "Everything Monica says about me is a lie or half truth." I never applied, auditioned not season four or any other, which is not something that Monica said. She said she tried to pray her way into a housewife spot. I'm an award-winning journalist and TV producer. That was the TV job in New York City, news journalist slash producer. I already had the job. Reality TV is not my cup of tea. (laughs) LD millionaire, I don't believe you for a second. Why does she think that it seems better that it was, that she's a, that it was in TV production? (laughs) That's worse. Because what we've been seeing from these clips and from the behind the scenes stuff is that she's been producing Monica. But she's like, if the Bravo producers work really hard to be seen as sort of like, confidants and like, yes, they get the, they get the, these cast members to certain places, but they do it in an ethical way. LD Millionaire is the complete, she is the devil on Monica's shoulder. Like she is barking at her to do worse things. It's the pigtails. 
I'm looking at the, the I told you that is an How evil thing. How dare you bring up those piggy tails? <laughs> it's the next, it's the next tweet of a video of her with at the car t- talking about airing out Monica's business, talking about how she hasn't made a payment on time in two years. I mean, that mother, that mother is a piece of work. Is she's a Did performer. she retweet her own tweet? Why is that one from November and the next ones are from January again? Listen, she's she's new. She's new to X. She's new to X. I think that instead of having Mary, it was a real missed opportunity. And maybe they tried and, and Monica probably threw a fit. Linda should have been on that couch for, for a second. We should have had a segment. She's too much a part of the sto- Monica storyline. We should have had a second with Mon- with Linda on the couch and just let the two of them go at it. That I would have been down to see. I just feel like Linda would like unhinge her jaw and like swallow Lisa Barlow like a snake or something. Like she's just like, I do not trust her. And you shouldn't. And you, <laughs> and you shouldn't. shouldn't. They don't make too many mothers like that. Um, okay, that is pretty much part two. We move on to part three, which... I guess we're really going to get into it. It's like everybody's going to be completely unhinged, unleashed, and I'm da- I'm excited for it. It's it's already Friday, so it's right around the corner. It'll be here before we know it. This is what we've been waiting for. The burn book. All the information. You know what I'm most excited for is her pulling out that burn book and them all being like, "Oh my god." Like rolling their eyes. Like, "Are you serious, Monica?" This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Beverly Hills. I have to say something. What's up? 
Everybody knows I'm friends with Anna Marie. Or maybe you don't, but I am. And I have to say, this it's tough watching this episode. And it's tough watching her this season. And I have not been, as I've said, on like social media that much. So I was completely unaware to how bad she's getting it. And I, and like, I, she's been really good at checking on me, texting me, calling me. So like when I was watching this episode and there's one point where she's like, I'm a positive person. I'm full of love and light. I'm like, she really is. Like she's constantly been checking and supporting me. And I felt bad because I'm like, I've been kind of staying away from all of that. And I had no idea the bad rap you're getting. I'm watching the show, but I'm like, oh, you know, it's just like a storyline, whatever. I did not know that people don't call her by her name. They have nicknames for her. They question every single thing about her. And I have to say, she's getting a really bad edit. And I never really talk about the edits. Obviously, she's saying some of some of this stuff, but... What bothers me is I talked to her before the season started. She never mentioned this. This is not what she thought her story line would be. It wasn't as focused on as much as we're seeing as it's played across four or five episodes. There's she some- didn't say my storyline is going to be pretty much 100% esophagus related. Because it wasn't supposed to, which is what I think happened was they were go- it was going to be talked about she was going to question it they probably thought oh this will just be a funny thing but they but the audience picked up on it you had two doctors from two different real housewives franchises make videos about it i saw dr nicole's video has over a million views at this point and then it's it's just picked up this life of its own where what are you going to do as an executive you're going to continue to feed or add fuel to the fire. You're going to keep showing more and more. You're going to give us what we saw on this episode. Come on. The, 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 the screen split but, I mean, four I, I different think quadrants. A, I think there's a different reason that her, uh, that her edit is getting changed. Maybe. You know, okay. if they were, if they were going home with her, if a lot of it was focused on her family, <clears throat> I don't think that they want to show the husband. I, okay, maybe, and, and that could be true. But I do know that when she was talking about, because there was drama, I knew that coming into the season. Like I knew some of the storylines. When she was talking about it, it was never about the esophagus. So I think it was supposed to be an episode. I think there was supposed to be attention, but she never imagined it because there's so much more stuff that actually happens. And so I don't think that they're doing her any favors. Like, when she says, this is what I am, they filmed her, like she's a board certified nurse. Anesthetist. Thank you, thank you. Um, I almost said esthetician. (laughs) Anesthetist. She, they filmed her on the job. They filmed her doing it. So, cause I don't know what that is. I, I think I understand what she does, but we need, but the way she's talking about it, it would actually be nice if you showed us that you went to her job and you see what she does because it's such a storyline. And instead, it seems to, whether you're annoyed with the topic or not, and I think you see it towards the end of this episode, she's annoyed as well. Like, kind of like, I'm over it. I don't want to talk about it. I want to apologize. Like, it's becoming too much. And it really is it seems as if they're almost downplaying her profession. And I think that that's where she gets defensive. It's, it makes it seem like, but you're not a doctor, you know? And I don't think she called herself a doctor. I really, she's never said to me, I'm a doctor 
ever. I think when you hear somebody say board certified and you hear the word, what is the word? Anesthetist. Anesthetist. You might think anesthesiologist because like me, that word's not even in my, you, you might've thought you heard anesthesiologist, but she's never presented herself as a doctor to me. And so I just think that they're, it's almost as if they're playing into all the things the audience is making fun of her about. And I just feel it's going too far. And that's my piece. I think she's, a, and I don't normally do this and y'all can come at me and I'm obviously biased, but knowing what I knew before the season, I am shocked at what I'm watching play out on Bravo. Rachel, I think you are a wonderful friend. I know this to, I know this to be true. And I think you're being a wonderful friend because what I am hearing you describe is like just how housewives works. Like, <laughs> because they, they, <laughs> I because know, but it's, it's, it's not fair and I'm watching it happen to my friend and I I'm, know, ups- and I'm I know. upset by it because she's a wonderful person and I'm really yeah. upset that this is all you see of her and there's so much more to her. There's so much yeah. more. and like, That would be really hard to watch if you actually knew these people. <laughs> And I and I do like, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there screaming how Diana Jenkins is a wonderful oh, human absolutely. being. Absolutely. Yes. But it it is interesting for you to like point out to me, just a watcher, what a good friend Anne Marie is and like how she's re- because that it actually it strikes me. It's her behavior and the way that she ultimately apologizes seemingly really in earnest to Sutton in this episode, it, she strikes me a lot as, like, something I feel a lot with, like, Amanda on Summer House. And, like, sorry to bring JV into varsity here, but <laughs> it's someone who is so used to being a good friend, like, who's, like, very accustomed to being a good person, not making big mistakes in friendships. And so when they actually, like, do make a mistake, which, let's be clear, talking this like this much about someone else's health and body who you don't know. It's not, and she's not talking, it's different if you're talking to Sutton about it and being like, hey, I think you might misunderstand your diagnosis or, or hey, I'm, I'm worried that maybe you're misunderstanding this in order to eat differently or whatever. If you know her well is different than like going around town and being like, she, her, her esophagus is not small. Her esophagus is normal sized is, but like what I see in her doing that is someone who actually does know that that's wrong and inappropriate and just kind of gets caught up in it and then is like so used to being perceived as like a good person that they're just like, and this is what I say that it's like Amanda on Summer House is like there have been a couple of, Amanda is normally a really good friend and like kind of the voice of reason she's used to being that. And so on the occasion where she has done something wrong, it's almost like even harder for her to see it. Yeah. Because she's so used to being right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why I would never want to be on one of these shows because I think I too would say something and be like, I never said that. And then they'd go back and be like, yeah, you did. And it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't mean it like that. You know, I just, yes. I, I, yeah. But the way- Because I think Anne-Marie's like, I was being cute. I was being fun. And I also have a little pet theory that, that is maybe not that unique at all, that like Kyle was in her ear, like, oh, you should, you're like, you should talk about this. You're no, a medical I person. I know for a like, fact- 
that it that it wasn't Kyle. I, I can't say it was Kyle. I can't say it was a castmate, but I know for a fact that well, yeah, she was encouraged in and she was and like when you think yeah, she's an she's an athlete and like you aim to please, right? You're competitive. You're like, oh, this is what coach is telling me to do. This is what I do. And so she I know she was like encouraged to bring it up. So it's like, okay, you know, I'll bring it up. Like this is a you know, she wasn't thinking that it would be her whole presence. Anna Marie, esophagus. Like if there was a subtitle, the Anna Marie story, esophagus. Like literally, that's what they've created for her at this point. But I know she was being. You are once again about. describing the housewives and and how it works, and it is a really good point that like this is why you shouldn't go on. The I can't. Show. I can't have any more friends on it. I can't. I can't. Uh-uh. <laughs> I can't have it. Yeah, it's giving you too much nuance. Like we can't look at these storylines with this kind of nuance. No, I need to believe everything that I am saying. Um, but I but I think she would tell you she's annoyed watching it back and seeing it because she's like I did sure. so I did so much more on this show and this is all that that is being shown and like yeah I was talking about it and I might have talked about it at nine o'clock ten o'clock eleven o'clock and twelve o'clock whatever but I also talked about so many other things and I think it's frustrating to watch that I'm the esophagus girl at this point. Well, I mean, it is just kind of like, unfortunately, I bet she is a wonderful nurse anesthetist and I don't want to see her do her job. I want to hear her run her mouth about <laughs> Sutton's esophagus all over town. No. Because that's, because like, that's wild behavior, you know? Like, that's what makes, that's a unique storyline. Whereas like, I know a lot of nurse anesthetists. Like, I, oh, you do? I, I, yeah. I have like a lot of medical friends. I am, I'm the only blogger in the group. All my friends are like PAs and nurses and doctors. And, uh, and there is, it actually, there is often a lot of confusion about like, I, I think that's pretty normal for someone to misinterpret if someone is like a nurse practitioner or a nurse anesthetist or a physician's assistant or a doctor, like what those mean. Mm-hmm. I kind of assume, unless this is something that Anne-Marie is doing all over town, that like she said she was a nurse anesthetist or rather she just talked about her job and Crystal interpreted that she was an anesthesiologist. And maybe, actually, something that I have seen happen is that if Crystal interpreted that she was an anesthesiologist and then said it, that maybe Anne-Marie didn't correct her. Uh, uh, and yeah. so she got, you know, she walked away like with that impression However, that is the only mistake that I will concede that Crystal made <laughs> because we are not close personal friends, but as you know, I'm a Crystal apologist and it was just, it was great to see her shine this episode. I really like, I like Crystal in real life too. Like Crystal and I work together with um, the Alzheimer's Association yeah. and I really like Crystal. But it, and I, and I have said in past seasons, I want Crystal. When Crystal talks, it's like, yes, go Crystal. Mm-hmm. I like it. Don't know if I liked it here. Because I like both of them. No, because I like both of them. And so I don't want to see them going at each other. But it also just felt like, I mean, Erica said it on Watch What Happens Live. She's like, oh, she found her. Yeah, she found her voice three years later. I don't believe that. Crystal's always had a voice. She's just particular yeah. about when she uses it. So I'm not going to subscribe to that um, school well, of Well, there's also, I don't know if you've, like, since you've been off social media a lot, have been seeing like that there is a lot of evidence of them cutting out crystal storylines. And it seems like they were maybe sort of ultimately doing it because 
they wanted to move this narrative of like Crystal finally found her voice where she's actually been kind of like butting up against people and standing up for herself maybe all season long, but they've been cutting out the scenes. So like, you know, I, I find this Crystal and Marie face off interesting because it is, it is interesting to think about why Anne Marie and this particular thing has activated Crystal so much. And I think the reasons are obvious. I think we're getting a lot of payoff from everything we've seen in prior seasons, which is like, yeah, Crystal's not going to be okay with someone talking about someone else's body. And she's really let it pass for like, it seems like a pretty long time already. And then also, you know, Anne-Marie notes that Crystal has said that she wanted to go to medical school and then didn't because she married Rob. So she's seeing that as like possible projection. But what I think is more likely is that Crystal kind of saw Anne-Marie coming in. She kind of, like Crystal's really intelligent, you know, like you yeah, can just she is. tell. And, and it's not that any of the other women are not intelligent, but I think Crystal kind of considers herself like a bit of an academic, you know, like she's like a learner. She's a studier. I think she told us that when we interviewed her, like that she like, she likes yeah. to study things. She likes to learn. And I think she sees that in Anne-Marie and, and, and also believes her to be intelligent. They're also like peers. They're the same. They're around the same age. So I think she's just like disappointed. She's not mad. She's just disappointed. And then she called her a bitch at a back, black tie gala. It, that seemed to come out of nowhere. I'm, a, I'm, I'm assuming that it was an I've edit. told you, bitch is back. Bitch is back. Bitch, ba- we are out here calling each other back. bitches again. She also seems to just be over it. She seems to be more impatient this season of like, I'm sick of the bullshit. I'm sick of the storyline. I'm sick of you you acting this way, you coming to her. Like, and I I kind of like that energy. Yeah. Like you gotta I'm, wear him down. It took her longer than most. It took three seasons to wear her down. <laughs> yeah. I like the energy of like, you know, I'm tired of this conversation or I'm going to this. I'm over it. Can we talk about something new? Can we move on? I like that because we too get tired of hearing about certain conversations or certain storylines. So I I do like it. I didn't like this moment again because I don't want to see two people I know go at it like that. I'm so I, y'all are gonna hate me this episode because I am no, not you're putting just, on you're getting, my morally you're getting corrupt too close, hat. Rachel, I'm you're not, getting too I'm close. I'm getting too close. I'm not putting on my morally corrupt hat. I'm like, guys, can we all get along? We're not gonna be able to. You're not gonna be able to talk about the valley on this podcast because you're gonna be way too. No, close. No, I don't know them. No, I don't know them. I live here. <laughs> I don't know them. Those are not my friends. Those are except for Jasmine. Those are not my friends. Those are not my friends. Don't put that on me. Um, <laughs> So, uh, what else do we have this episode? We pretty much talked about Crystal getting activated, which I I really, I really, and I'm just going to jump to the preview that we saw for next week. I am excited to see this conversation. I knew Anne-Marie said the, I'm glad I gave you something to talk about and made you relevant. I knew that was coming. And that's the drama that I was like waiting for that I knew was going to come to a head. But I... I'm curious. I need this to be fleshed out. Like she's Crystal saying these things. Like Anne Marie said this. Anne Marie said this. So I'm like, well, can, are we going to get that? Are we going to get? I, I want it to come because they seem to be talking around each other instead of at each other, except for at homeless, not toothless. And so I want, I want it to come. I want it all out. Like let's go. Let's just get it all out here and not talk to you know you not talking to Erica Crystal Anna Marie's not talking to Kyle like let's talk to each other and let's make this happen I uh, sorry I am absolutely reeling from you just casually saying homeless not toothless and we haven't said it all episode 
And it's just... You know what? I read it. That's the only reason you I read got it. on point. You got to be I'm, able I'm to read dead it. it. I looked dead at it and I said, I looked at it in the outline and I saw homeless, not toothless. And that's the only reason I, I was able to say it. it. It gets me every time. And like Sutton and Kyle just losing it all over again. And like our beloved Callie Curry, you know, made a great point in the chat last night, which is just like, I, why, like, also let's not, let's maybe focus on the homelessness. I don't know. It, the, exactly. And it's one thing to help unhoused people with dentistry, but to point out in your title that you're not helping them with housing is like, it's a really rough look. It's so something rich people do, right? It is so rich. You are yeah, so out just... of touch. Let's give them good teeth. Oh, that they're homeless. They don't have the means to keep up that hygiene, you know, to support, like what the concept here? I, I, I get as a dentist, maybe you want to help people. If you told me you were helping people who, I don't know, have like dental issues that can't afford it, don't have insurance. I understand that. But that it's specific to the homeless, I am not understanding. Nobody is. And it's becoming a joke at this point, which is actually sad. But let's get into it. Let's take a, a, a walk into the Beverly Hilton, into the gala, which... I laughed when Dorit, and I know she's going through PTSD, but I laughed and she was like, so like nobody's going to be able to come in here, right? Nobody's trying to get in. The globes are held there, okay? That is something that's high security that people are trying to get into. Um, what else is there? Clive Davis's pre-Grammy party is there. That is something people are trying to sneak into. Nobody's well, she's trying to that get someone's going to think that that's happening there, and they're <laughs> they're going to be like, "I'm going to get into this party." Nobody is trying to get in through those doors. Nobody. Everybody's trying. To, everybody's outside reading the step and repeat and being like, "What the fuck is homeless not toothless?" I am also convinced that when they did their walkthrough of the event space, that they put together that table setting just so they could have something because it was hideous. Just so they could have. <laughs> yeah something to say. We need white flowers. We've got to have white roses. Can we change the table? I was like, they're just giving them something to say. And then they didn't change anything. Then she walks in and she was like, oh, it looks amazing. They still had those nasty, like, cream-colored tablecloths. It, yeah, the lighting was what was the, the best part of it. Um, also, who's Taylor Dane? Is it Taylor Dane? Yeah. Did you know She's who she like was? She's like an eight... I do. I mean, I, yes, she's like an 80s, uh, uh, like kind of woman rock star. She used to like sing on top of a car. And like, I didn't know that she was like the vocal talent of a generation. As I she didn't was know described. she had by Erica Jane. I didn't know that she had the strong, the one of the greatest voices, strongest voices of uh, of our lifetime. I was like, who? What? I've never heard that before. I, I've never heard that. And I'll admit, I was watching this part of the gala on 1.5 times speed. And so it was hard for me to actually hear if she had the voice of a generation. I would have rather but had Paula Abdul sing straight up. I thought Paula Abdul was going to sing. Yeah, they made such you a know, big deal did, about Paula. They had a few names there. William H. Macy? What was going on? William well, H. You know, Macy. I'm deep and shameless. So I enjoy, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm, I'm pretty shocked. I did wish that Jamie Lee Curtis had showed up um, to, you know, show her support of Homeless Not Toothless and maintain that relationship with Doreen. But I will say, I am real tired of, T of I almost said TK. I am real tired of PK bringing us artists from the 80s. We've got to, st enough. 
Enough. I'm ha- I'm actually thrilled to be able to dislike PK again because I feel like there was a period of time where there was some expectation that actually PK was fine and we'd come back around on him and I did I did my best to do that. But no. I I can't. I can't take him. You know I have I a know, soft spot Rachel, now. I have a soft Rachel spot now. Rachel just got that warm glowy look on her face again like she was talking about the valley when I when I brought up PK. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. That's it for Beverly Hills. Thank you guys for listening to my my rant on Anna Marie. I, you know, I, I am hoping things get better for her and they go up. I'm very excited about this next episode. I love when they give us a 24 hours later, a to be continued. Looks like it's going to be good. Ladies are going to Spain. So we'll be back here talking about it next week. Thank you, Jody. Now we're going to move on to Potomac where Callie Curry is going to join me. The title's called Hard Conversations, but none of that was happening in this episode. Callie, I hated it. <laughs> I- <laughs> it was not a good episode. It's it's sad because Potomac is one of my favorites. Sorry, also, I have to address that I have 19 eye patches on. I love it. But I <laughs> turned my camera on and I was like, oh, I still need to wake up a little bit. That's so okay. That's okay. I put these on. Just wanted to let you know. Also, since people can't see me, I just had to wear this today. You're a Bills fan? I- Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> really? Big Bills fan. And, you know, my team's still playing. So I figured I should support. Wow. Is that the kind of, I wasn't even expecting you to throw any shade. I mean, just wear the damn sweatshirt. You don't have to talk about my Cowboys. I have been dealing with so much. I'm not, you know what? Talk about them. Cause I have said, I have refused to talk about the Cowboys until January, 2025. I'm not, I cannot handle it anymore. I am tired. You've beaten me down. I don't accept any decisions that are being made on behalf of this team. The fact that Mike McCarthy <laughs> is still there when there are a plethora of coaches to choose from this go around, it just disappoints me. I'm shocked me. he's still there. I don't advocate for any coaches to be fired, but I thought for sure it was over. But nope, it's coming back. Well, you know, it's what we do best. Fail. <laughs> Disappoint. So well, congratulations to your team. I think the Bills are a fun team to watch. And at this point, that's what I root for because I can't root for my own. Um, I'll be watching. Come on over to Bill's Mafia. I may. Actually, I'm, I'm really going for you. the Ravens. No, honestly, the only reason why I said anything is because I went to Starbucks this morning and I forgot I had this on. Also, obviously, I live in Dallas. I've worn this a million times, maybe not in Dallas, apparently. I've never gotten more comments on something I've worn. And I was like, wow, I did not realize like how triggering this would be for Dallas people and it after shouldn't this be. past weekend. But it shouldn't be because y'all are in the AFC. And so I don't get triggered yeah, by things that happen Yeah, but we killed you guys near the end of the season. And that was like part of the downfall of the Cowboys. No, and, it wasn't. But still, no, I, did, I just think before. it was more so after this weekend, everyone's just like, ugh, of course. Oh, well. Like another team, like... It was shocking. The loss was shocking for you guys. <laughs> but there is that rivalry between Dallas and 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 the yeah. Cowboys and the Bills. So there's that too. Um, all right. Anyways, that shows you, that shows you this conversation that we just had that there's not much to go with with Potomac. The fact that we're more distracted and talking about sports, it's like uh, producer Devin said the, that Potomac, <laughs> Housewives of Potomac, are the Cowboys of Bravo currently, and that's what I will say. I will agree. There are high hopes. Every season yeah. as it starts because they have historically been good, great. 
I can connect this. They have historically been great and there were high hopes. But these last two years, towards the end, there just seems to be a disappointment and a drawing out of storylines that just feel exhausting. And even though we've, and so like, I maybe, maybe this is t- them turning the corner because there are a bunch of randoms, isolated scenes because we stayed in Austin for such a long time that we needed a palate cleanser. And I guess the women did too. So we see the women in twos or, you know, with their family. And maybe that is, okay, we're going to forget what everything that happened and we're going to move on to something new. At least that's my hope. The best part of this episode was what they gave us in the previews. And that was Mia and Gordon going to cook Mm -hmm. with Juan and Robin. Mia, who is not afraid to approach any situation, to ask any question. And we love that about her. And we'll totally be dumb about it. Like, oh, oh, well, like, surely you called about the credit card. So I'm talking about the scene where Mia goes back and wants to talk to Juan, which he entertained. I was surprised. He didn't shut it down. He entertained also, the he questioning. Also, he didn't get too annoyed by it. No. Like, I thought he would have lost it and left. He was, like, pretty okay he probably with the did. questioning. I think it's how Mia did it. Like, she wasn't coming at him. She was kind of like, oh, well, surely you called, right? Because you could do it over the phone, right? I mean, she called. She. It was worse to me. <laughs> the way she did it was worse. It was so like, good. Yeah, you really idiot. Because like most people would just call. And he's like, no, I went up there. And she's like, mm, we don't want to do that again. <laughs> it was so yeah, he good. Was like, he was like, it won't happen again. There won't be a, there won't be a next time. Because, you know, I'm a grown man. I made mistakes. But I'm just like, Phew. No, he was also, probably like. I love like, what they showed. They did a flashback of, of a conversation of her and Robin talking. And she was like, girl, this smells like bullshit. And I love that Mia kept it real with Robin. I don't know why they didn't show us that before. Maybe because like, they were going to do the flashback. Maybe because they knew they had this. Yeah, you, but I'm just like, that seemed like a great conversation. I'd like to hear the rest of it. Because Mia was like, uh-uh. She was not having it at all with Robin. But you know Juan's like, I'm never doing this again. Because he was like, hmm, call next time. Taking note. <laughs> Won't show up to the hotel. We'll call next time. <laughs> um, I will say it does seem like from last season to this season, Mia has gone out of her way to be a good friend to Robin. And I'm like, when did this happen? They seem super close now. No? They, they do. And I, I think, you know, Mia is fun. And I don't think people take what she says, even this moment. Robin's not going to be mad about it. She probably was annoyed that Mia brought it up. But it's like, that's just Mia. I'm not going to take it too seriously. It is what it is. I'm going to have a good time. Mia doesn't harp on the situation. It's like she's, she's right, in, she she's out. Right on. And I think we all need a little fun. It's not last season where she's throwing water and whatever or drinks or whatever right, at people. Right. That was a bit too much. So, yeah, it's part of Mia's charm. You can't deny it. she's charming. Even, the, and the, even they showed that walk previously, but I think they flashed back in this episode where her and Robin are walking and she disclosed like their financial advisor had stolen money from them and then committed suicide. Like even that conversation, I'm like, damn, me and Robin, they might be actual friends. Yeah, they seem to be. And they have a lot of common, a lot in common over tragic events. Um, There was one other thing. Please tell me. And I know we're going to be on opposite sides on this. Half the episode was Karen's event with Pave, right? Yeah. 
Um, Karen clearly takes this event very seriously, which she should. I love that she's like, nah, that's not what this is about. She's clearly using this platform to raise awareness, which I think is awesome. Right. Your girl took to Twitter and somehow made this about herself. I can't defend it. I can't. And you know, I was I was on earlier talking to Jody about how mm-hmm. defending Anna Marie and not liking Oh god. and not like she's how? a friend. She's cuz she's a good friend to me. And she's a good she actually is like a good friend. And so it's hard cuz I'm wait, seeing it wait, from wait, a different wait. way. Because she's a good friend of yours, I would just like to know. Good friends are able to tell each other the truth, correct? Yeah. Have you been able to tell her, "Hey girl, you're embarrassing us both." Well, she would say that. But, well, she would say about her. She would say about herself watching it. She's annoyed watching it. She would say that. I did not know what was like this to me was the culmination of everything. And I haven't been paying attention to what people have been saying on social media. And sorry, I'm repeating this again for people who heard it, but I haven't yeah, been paying yeah. attention, so I wasn't sure. I didn't know how bad it was. And it's like, I'm watching it, but I'm also like, I'm very distracted. So anyways, in talking to her and then seeing it, yeah, like I'm a very honest friend. But she would say the same thing about her. And, and you know, you guys know, because we talked about this before. But yes, we could talk off mic about it. Now, Candace, Do you think that Candace will say the same thing about herself? No, because clearly about what she's, what she, I, it's indefensible what she wrote. I was shocked as I read it. Because it just, it's fine if you want to make a point, but not a point that ha- that is linked to sexual assault survivors. It is too triggering. It's too, it's just like you just honor what's happening and you support and you uplift and that's it. And if you want to talk about, because it was it Robin she was talking about or Giselle? No, she's talking remember. about Giselle just Giselle. saying how like the event is beautiful and how it's horrible that this is still happening and how prevalent it is and oh, yes, how, how Karen takes the event uh, very like dear to her heart and how many of them in the room have actually been sexually assaulted. Giselle did not say that she had herself, but Ashley said she had. Mia clearly has. Uh, Robin said Robin, yeah, that's a lot. That's yeah. more than half the group. So for Candace to see that and somehow be like, I, I can't do it. I'm tired. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, girl, if you are tired, then put your fucking phone down. Stop yeah. typing. Nobody wants it. It's, On top of that, Giselle never said Chris sexually assaulted her. She never said that. She it was said that reach. she was uncomfortable. So should she have said it was should she have said she was uncomfortable with everyone knowing Chris? Maybe not. But if she actually felt that way, then that's her feeling. And it's okay for her to be like, hey, girl. This happened. I was uncomfortable. If like you take that and just say like, hey, Chris, don't ever do that shit with Giselle again. She clearly doesn't like that. She doesn't feel comfortable with you enough. I know. We all know what you meant by it. No one thinks that you are being predatory in any way. But if she feels uncomfortable by that, then that's her. That's her feeling on it. We can't tell her how to feel. Let's move on. Instead, because she can't take accountability for anything, she's struggling with it again this season with even taking a little accountability for all the shit that she said online about Robin and is pretending it never happened. Like, 
Everything has to be about her. She can't move on from anything. She's able to say and do whatever she wants about anyone else, but no one can say anything about her ever. Yeah. It's, it's hard to watch because again, I'm going through something and Candace reached out and has checked on me. Giselle reached out and has checked. Like, I like, it's funny. The people that I like are going at it with each other. The people that I know I should say in real life are going at it with each other. But I can't, everything you said is true. So I know you thought because she's my girl that we would, I would, you know, try to defend it, but I can't. And particularly because one, I'm, I, I know it's real to Candace what she feels about towards Giselle and, and how it affected her marriage. And I'm never going to take that away from her. But we know how you feel about that. That this was not the time to link it to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't support or defend that. They're two, to me, separate issues. And you can feel the way you feel about Giselle without taking away from a moment that, because what was so powerful about this event and hearing the women tell their stories is that all sexual assaults are not the same. And they're different. And as each woman was talking about her experience, you could tell that like it happened in a different way or to hear them say, I didn't realize what happened to me until after, or to hear Giselle say, it hasn't happened to me, but I have a daughter going to college. How can I protect her? I loved this moment. This was a powerful moment. So I talk about the episode being boring, but as you brought up, this was a really important part to the show. And then to see this on social, which is active as I am not currently, I did see this. It was just, I hope somebody kind of said this wasn't it. And I know it'll be addressed at the reunion, but I hope that she comes in and says, I feel what I feel, but this was not the time to do it. And I I really do hope she realizes that about herself. Yeah. And you made a great point that I didn't think about. We know, we know how you feel. We don't need to hear it again. Not in this moment. Next episode, go ahead. There's going to be a next episode. You're going to bring it up again. You bring it up every episode. It's never going away. But like, I just feel like at some point, which this seemed like a pretty big point to not say something, like you, you got, you can't, it can't, every single time Giselle speaks, it can't be about you. Yeah. It was an obvious thing to like not, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also do think it's powerful that all of them, shared a little bit about their stories and how you said how different it, each story was. And how many times we hear about people like, you know, speaking up years after and people are like, man, that was so-and-so years ago. Da, 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 da. But like, sometimes you don't even know what's happening. And then it becomes trauma. So you block it out. And then eventually you realize like, huh, that, that did not that feel good. That did not make sense. That yeah. happened to me. Yeah. 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 Um, so kudos to Karen for the event and kudos to Bravo for spending so much time on it. Honestly, you know, like really giving, letting that moment breathe in this, in this episode. The difference between how they featured Pave and how they featured Homeless Not Toothless, it should, it should just tell you the difference in impact. Of the two organizations. Absolutely. I wish... Like, I want to know how much... What's their annual budget for Homeless and Toothless? Because 
I feel like we should put that into homes. Yeah. For I mean, homeless. to be doing a big thing like that at the Beverly Hilton for, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people bought, amount of money. well, I'm sure people bought tickets and I'm sure Taylor Dane didn't cost that much money, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Jody definitely brought up what you had said in our chat. It's, it's so, it's such an obvious, such an obvious fix. And I do want to know something we did not say in Beverly Hills. Erica didn't recognize her dentist. <laughs> How self-absorbed can you be that you don't see when you get your teeth clean, your head is up and your eyes are open. Like you're, you're looking at your dentist. I don't understand. And then they come in and talk to you about like your x-rays or what I definitely yeah. know my dentist. The fact that she was like, what's your name? Oh, you're my dentist. I was like, what? We didn't talk. I about know my that. dentist's name, but I have a lot of friends that don't. I don't know why I said that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna include myself in that. I don't go to the dentist as much as I should. So I know who my dentist is, but there's times where I've gone more than seven months without seeing my dentist. Okay, I but you would still know. I go every four months. Yeah, I would definitely but know. I would, still I would definitely know because you're who, still going like once a year. At I least. go four times so, a year. I definitely Three times don't. a year. I Three should. times a year. I should. I don't. Well, I'm a once a year. So you're an Erica. Yeah, but I still know. I still know <laughs> what my dentist know. looks like. I still so, remember what my dentist looks like as a kid. What? That's oh, what I mean. I you're just very no, Doctor Owsley. You're just very, very. Yeah, but I also in... had like nine dentists because I moved so much. So that yeah. is a big difference. Okay, if fair. I had the same dentist my whole life, then I probably would know what he fair. looks like or her, fair. what fair. she looks like, whatever. Um. One more thing I want to point out about Potomac. I don't know. I mean, maybe because we rarely see it, it like struck me. Did Robin and Juan not seem so happy? When they, they were did, walking into They that, did not seem happy to me. I don't remember that. No, that didn't stand out to me. I actually have no when recollection. When they were walking into the cooking class, Juan was on the phone, Robin walks up, they get off the phone, she's talking about how uh, they're, he's trying to look for a job or whatever. And like... He even jokes. He's like, shit, I might work here. This place nice. And they're like laughing. I'm just like, wow, they seem happy. One, two, I promise you, Juan, I promise you, you are not going to get another woman to ride for you the way that Robin rides for you. You're not. You don't have a job. She's laughing about it. She's like, we'll figure it out. She came back to you all these years later, like after you did it. She's the breadwinner. You're still doing shitty stuff. He knows that. So I married her again. Among other like, things, right? I'm not going to deny that he doesn't what? have... I'm not going to no, deny that he doesn't... No, she is like... In Urban Dictionary, they need to put Robin's face next to Ride or Die. It's you remarkable. Know, you, we talked about it last episode. You know who her face is next to. Who? Coretta. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this last episode. You know. <laughs> okay. Good point. You know. You Megan know. Good, Coretta, Robin Dixon. <laughs> Mount Rushmore of standby. Tammy Wynette of standby your man. That's it. Um, wow. Okay, that's it. Hopefully next week is better. I don't even know if we got previews or not. But um, we managed to talk about Potomac a lot longer than I thought we would. So you're <laughs> welcome, guys. Um, we. That's it for us. Happy Friday. Have a safe weekend. And we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Bye.